Are you ready to press reset on 2020? I know I am. That's why I can't wait for the Black Friday sale of the year. It can be a headache trying to manage what feels like the 10 different programs I use to run my business. Luckily, I've just discovered a much easier solution. Sprout Studio is an all-in-one studio management system that combines the functionalities of a CRM, like sending customized proposals, contracts, and questionnaires, with the added features of gallery delivery, scheduling appointments, email marketing, and bookkeeping. They are having a once-in-a-lifetime sale this Black Friday as a gift to the photographer and filmmaker community. From November 27th to the 30th, that's Black Friday through Cyber Monday, you can get 30% off any Sprout Studio plan for up to three years. I've just started my free trial, and I am so excited that I'll already know my way around the platform by the time Black Friday rolls around. To sign up or to learn more, visit sproutredo.com slash levelup. That's S-P-R-O-U-T. R-E-D-O dot com slash level up. You are listening to episode 51 of the Level Up Your Wedding Film Business Podcast. Today, I'm chatting with Anna Lord about following your passions as a wedding filmmaker and how you can structure your own business to make sure you're creating content that keeps you inspired. I'm your host, Taylor Petrinovich, and at the core of this show, I want you to feel inspired to take your business to the next level. And I want to give you the tools and practical advice to help you along the way. So let's level up together. Anna Lord is a traveling filmmaker based in Southern California with a background in fine art and French. She began capturing weddings in 2013 and has traveled across the world from Hawaii to New York to Paris to capture love and beauty. In addition to weddings, Anna has worked with notable wedding industry designers, photographers, and florists to create brand and editorial films. Anna's full sense of nostalgia and inspiration from European culture has greatly influenced her work and the way she sees the world. She strives to capture and narrate the slow, quiet, and organic beauty that surrounds her subjects. Hey, Anna, thank you so much for coming on the podcast today. Hi, and it's nice to be here. So um, I want to talk a little bit today about how you've got to where you are um, Mm -hmm. in the industry. But first, can we start off by just hearing a little bit about how you got started um, in the wedding industry as a filmmaker? Yeah, so I started working for a photographer, a wedding photographer, right, um, like during my last year of college. And essentially, I um, just second shot for her. And, you know, we were jiving and things. It was a great relationship. And so she had learned that um, I had dabbled in some video work like in high school and in college. So she was like, do you want to, you know, make this studio like a one stop shop? You can offer video. I can offer photo and, you know, we can be like a thing. And so that's really how I got started in the industry. But I'm self-taught. You know, the most I learned was in high school and I learned how to like splice sports reels together, like random things for my broadcast class. So um, yeah, that's where it started. Awesome. And uh, so when did you start working that, with that photographer? Back in 2012 was when oh. I started working. Okay, for so her. you've been at this for a while. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Cool. And how does that differ from where you're at today? Yeah. So um, a few years in with working with her, shooting with her, doing the video side, um, Unfortunately, it wasn't a good situation 
at the end of it all. And so I stopped working for her, but I kind of gained this confidence that I could start my own business and kind of delve into the wedding industry. Um, In college, I studied fine art and I wanted to be like an exhibition artist. I really didn't think weddings were going to be the avenue that I was going to like point my career towards. Um, If anything, especially at the time, you know, 2013-ish, Weddings were still really, really, really cheesy. And I was very set on like, I'm an artist. I want to be an artist. So capturing, you know, cheesy couples or whatever wasn't going to be my thing. And so after working with her and seeing kind of the change in the event industry and where that was leading and how I could use my gifts, you know, through video, through photo um, in my vision, I kind of just started my business back in 2014. So that's really how I got started. Awesome. So I'm sure you um, learned a lot, especially specializing in fine art and stuff. And would you say that that is a heavy influence on your work? Oh, yes, definitely. Um, I would say something that I really value when it comes to capturing content for clients. So for brides and grooms or for brands or whoever, um, the way I see things, the way I kind of view stories and stuff is to really make it like a really deep visceral experience. So I want it to be really intimate and abstract and moody. And sometimes with weddings, you don't necessarily get to tell that story, but that also kind of comes into play, like the type of clients who are going to be attracted to you um, and your craft. Absolutely. I love that. So I want to get into more of this Um, Mm -hmm. kind of later in the episode, but just to give the listeners kind of an idea of where you're at now, can you tell us a bit about how your business looks today? So who you serve, like where you're serving those clients, um, and if you're comfortable getting into like price point and stuff. Mm -hmm. So I'm based in Southern California, right outside of LA, uh, but I serve clients pretty much all over the world. Um, I have a lot of... I. I have clients that are L.A. based and Santa Barbara, Southern California based um, that I work with, I suppose, more frequently. But I do have clients in Europe um, and on the East Coast. A local wedding. So basically from Santa Barbara down to San Diego, I start at 5000. And then, I mean, if we need to add on travel for domestic or international, it kind of just varies depending on the location. Okay, And then is that just for the highlight film? Yes. Uh, Highlight film ceremony and speeches slash toasts. Okay, cool. Mm -hmm. Cool, cool. So your business looks a little different than I would say the traditional wedding filmmaker. And I think that it's super valuable for my listeners and everyone in the industry to hear different ways that people structure their businesses. Um, We were talking before we started recording about how I brought on somebody who does um, like high volume freelance work, but your Mm -hmm. business structure is like really, really different. So can you talk a little bit about the different avenue that you've chosen to take within the industry? Yes, definitely. So alongside weddings, I do, I would say the bulk of my clients and my work um, is working with brands and other creatives. So um, particularly in the wedding industry, it would be with working alongside photographers, um, creating films for them, florists, uh, dress designers, planners, and like wedding event designers. So um, I've been hired by these creatives to you know, represent their business and their brand um, to serve their clients as well. 
Okay, so that makes up the bulk of your work. So Mm -hmm. how many of those types of films would you say you do per year? 10 to 15. Wow, that's a lot of brand films. (laughs) Yeah, it is. Um, And that's also including the 10 to 15 includes I work since I live in LA, I do work with a lot of fashion companies, so non non bridal. But yeah, 10 to 15. And how did you get started in that? Were you starting by offering to do these things for free for like networking purposes? Or have they been coming to you for it? Yeah, I would say I'm trying to think of how it started. I mean, I think something I really valued when I started um, kind of thinking about my long-term goals for my business, something I valued was to not create work that was um, like templated. I wanted to make sure I was doing unique things, but within the same industry, especially within weddings, I mean, as much as we want every story and every video to be really unique, it's not going to be. And so um, I started reaching out to a few creatives that I really, really admired. And um, essentially from there, you know, we I did some collaborative work. I filmed a couple of um, workshops and things like that and gained a lot of editorial content. Um, and I think the thing that I saw value in with these editorials and these workshops was it was much more than a styled shoot. There were a lot of like conceptual ideas that were being implemented and and shared, I suppose. And so um, I mentioned earlier something about I am drawn to like abstract and mysterious work and stuff. And so I knew this was a way to be creative, to share a story for for creatives Um, and still create something new for myself. I love that. And you're so right. As much as we want each wedding to be its own unique kind of work of art, sometimes it's really hard to get away from a more templated approach to like to the edit and to the shooting as well. I mean, we we have like go-to poses and shots and stuff. And so it's, it can be a lot of energy creatively to think outside the box in that and so I love that you found an avenue that kind of serves like your artistic um mm-hmm. like desires and needs like to be fulfilled so yeah I like that so I also think that it's so smart especially if you're still wanting to do weddings not only does the brand films um serve our fellow creatives and like is an extra like branch to your business but it's also like fabulous networking yes absolutely yeah as soon as a vendor receives something made just for them like they're gonna fall in love with you even more absolutely I worked on a project back in I want to say 2015 and it was a collaboration with a publication and um to this day it's still one of my favorite videos ever even though you know my gear was could have been better, you know, whatever, whatever. Um, My knowledge of editing or light or whatever could have been much better, obviously. But it's still one of my favorite projects. And from that project, I was able to work uh, with a designer and shoot her runway show at New York Bridal Fashion Week. And so sometimes collaborations and small little, uh, what are those called? I don't want to say dream projects. There's like a there's like a cheesy oh, word passion projects passion projects yeah. <laughs> yeah sometimes a passion project can lead to incredible opportunities and once you have some experience you know you have so much more leverage like within your industry so 
Absolutely. So I kind of want to unpack what you just talked about. Um, yeah. So I, remind me to circle back to your collaboration with the publication because I want to know more about that because I've been super um like a theme for 2020 is for me to get published like as many times as possible and I just had um I know like style me pretty isn't like (laughs) as big as it once was but I just had a feature published yesterday so that's amazing yeah I'm like because they're really selective (laughs) yeah yeah (laughs) thank you um so I want to circle back to that but back to what you were saying um collaborations and passion projects and things like that are not always necessarily paid gigs Mm -hmm. but the payoff in the future is like the ROI is there like you just have to be patient and um, intentional with who you're choosing to work with Finally, bring that fine art look of film photography to your wedding films. The Illum LUTs offer a rich palette of colors and beautiful soft tones that can help you achieve that gorgeous fine art look that brides absolutely love. I personally use Illum LUTs for my own wedding films and from the very first time I used them, I was hooked. They've helped me elevate my brand and my business and my clients have never been happier. Visit illumlets.com and enter the promo code LEVELUP at checkout to receive 15% off your purchase. That's I-L-L-U-M-E-L-U-T-S dot com and enter promo code LEVELUP, L-E-V-E-L-U-P to save 15% off your purchase. So can we talk a little bit more about that publication you just mentioned? So which publication was that? It was utterly engaged. I actually am not sure if she's still um, like producing content or publishing other content, but it was with utterly engaged and it was it was supposed to be for um, I believe it was like a three part series of this this movement that she was this workshop movement or something. And essentially we used um, a Carol Hannah, a few Carol Hannah brittle gowns. And it was, uh, we, the model was a dancer and, uh, the purpose of it was, I think it was called like powerful pivot. And obviously that's a metaphor for something much deeper than, you know, moving, like physically moving pivot, but, um, it was incredible and using like the texture and the motion and the dancer, it was just something that was so different for me. And I do feel like for what was being created at the time. Everything was really like light and airy as it still is. Um, But this was a lot moodier. And I feel like once I shot that, I knew like, oh, this is, this is kind of the direction I want to head towards. Like I can stay in the abstract, mysterious, you know, area of creating. So can you, that didn't make any sense. No, no, no. I love it. (laughs) I I can like feel your passion like for this, like come out in your words. So I love it. Um, and I think people, when they hear you talk about it, they understand, they understand what you're talking about. So did any specific like opportunities or anything come from this like publication shoot? Yeah. So I was able to um, film for Carol Hannah Bridal, the designer for New York Bridal Fashion Week a few years later because they saw the work. And then um, I also worked with a few other designers from that. I think they just saw that I could you know, showcase their work. That's amazing. I would love to shoot at New York Bridal Fashion Week. That's like... It was insane. (laughs) It's a dream of mine. That'd be so much fun. Oh my gosh. It was really, really fun, but definitely scary. 
and I'm I'm like petite and I'm a female and the pit is filled with like aggressive male photographers. So that was an interesting opportunity. <laughs> well, I think that there's power in being um, kind of the underdog who then like rises above and like yes. produces something out of this world. So I think that's so cool. And um, as a fellow female filmmaker, say that three times fast, um, <laughs> I've been trying to bring on as many female fem- filmmakers onto the podcast as possible because I do think that we're like very heavily underrepresented in 100%. the filmmaker world and the education world but um, that doesn't mean we don't have a lot of great insight and so I just like to bring that to the forefront the best that I can right now definitely so also another point I'd like to make um, name dropping like bridal designers and stuff this is something that I've been working on this year is having a better full understanding of the wedding industry um, in general and not just like keep having my like head buried in the sand of the filmmaker world has like yeah. really opened my eyes to the industry as a whole and I feel like has been really powerful and like elevating my own career this year and so I think that anyone who's listening if you're just like in an echo chamber with other filmmakers over and over and over like I would highly recommend expanding kind of where you're learning from and learn more about the wedding industry in general like even if mm-hmm. you're a dude and not necessarily like interested in bridal fashion like still having the names of some of the key designers like know know who Jimmy Choo is and like be able to mm-hmm. recognize like those like high-end shoes and stuff like I think that having knowledge of the industry um goes a long way yeah definitely yeah so can we talk a little bit about where else you've been published and how that has kind of like pushed your career forward mm-hmm So with shooting weddings and brands and editorials and then a little bit of fashion, my work is kind of seen on different types of publications. And so um, it's been featured on The Knot, Magnolia Rouge, Wedding Sparrow. um, And then you have like Us Weekly, Today and Elle Magazine. And those are more so for the fashion work that I've been doing. And then, of course, um, Utterly Engaged, which I had mentioned earlier, and Martha Stewart. So... Those are some big names, like specifically Magnolia Rouge and Martha Stewart Weddings are like definitely on my list for yeah. where I want. Yeah, that's so cool. So do you, would you say that having been published gives you some sort of authority in the industry associated with your name? I would say it does bring value to your business, but in all honesty, unless you tell someone my work has been been seen on here I think more value is put on like who you've worked with Mm. so as a filmmaker more often than not unless we're like working on like movie film sets that's that's a way different situation but especially in the wedding industry it's more so like oh what planners have you worked with or what photographers have you like shot alongside of um I feel like that is where a lot more of your I hate the word like that is where more of your worth comes from I would say because then that also shows what what caliber you're on maybe even your price point and all of that you know added together kind of shows how much people should value you in the industry essentially yeah no it's so true I think that it's like an all-encompassing kind of like perception for sure and so do you have any like tips or anything you did specifically to work with any specific planners or photographers? I was lucky enough to um, become friends with 
a very prominent planner and designer because uh, she lived in my town. And so we just happened to go to the same church. And so I met her and we just became friends. And from her, I just I was given a lot of other experiences to to meet other photographers and stuff because she she's worked with Jose Villa and Eric McVeigh and Ginny Ott like she's worked with the top of the top so um that relationship really helped propel uh, my business obvious to say she was my friend before like a business person like you know somebody that was like going to be really valuable in my business but that definitely helped and I honestly would say it's really valuable to reach out um everybody you know, we all have this fear of rejection, like, oh, what if they think I'm lame? Or um, what if they don't like my work? And so they don't want to work with me. Honestly, unfortunately, we're in we're in a, a uh, what is it? We're in a cancel culture. Mm-hmm. So and ghosting is a thing. And as much as we hate it, we're just probably going to get ghosted. But if you reach out to people who you truly admire and really are authentic and wanting to work with them and bounce like ideas off of one another and collaborate and really be um, like desiring like change and creating something new and innovative and push like the boundaries, then I think those people are going to reciprocate. You know, I think I think it's so hard because I know we're kind of talking about something different now, but in, in networking, I always find it such a struggle of like, this feels so disingenuine that I'm just reaching out to a bunch of people hoping they'll meet up for coffee or planners will send my pricing to their clients or whatever. But I do think so much value comes from just asking to begin with and then seeing if the connection is there. Yeah. I would say asking is probably the most straightforward way <laughs> um, yeah. that you could do it. Um, one strategy that I've been doing is seeking out vendors that I want to work with, and it is mostly planners and photographers, and um, like kind of doing a slow roll of relationship building. Like I follow them on Instagram, and then I start commenting on their posts, and then I start responding to their stories, yeah. and then eventually, like they'll they recognize my name and then they'll follow me back after a while. And like, so that's like a slow like introduction. Um, But there's definitely different like techniques that you can use. And if you are totally the person who doesn't care if, if you, if you're essentially rejected or they say, I'm sorry, now's not the time. Then I think reaching out straightforward is like a great way to do it. I'm like, (laughs) I don't think I can, (laughs) I can handle that. Like I'd be so hurt, but, um, but a lot of people don't care. And so if that's you, then, I think that's an amazing way to do it. And it's like way more efficient. (laughs) Yeah. And Instagram is like my worst enemy, but also has been like one of the biggest assets for my business and not just in clients, but building relationships with fellow vendors. That's I mean, it's huge. And that's all we really have to connect ourselves to each other, either that or meeting each other in person. But how are we even finding each other? You know what I mean? Um, So... No, I totally agree. And um, all of last year, I would say, like, the vast majority of my clients were coming from them finding me on Instagram. Mm -hmm. But now it's kind of shifted. And now I'm getting referrals from relationships that I've built through Instagram. And so Mm -hmm. even though it's serving me in a different way, it's still super important to be consistent when posting and like consistently engage with others and stuff. And I think that you hit the nail on the head. Like it's a it's a huge networking tool and it should 
it deserves like attention and time. Absolutely. I mean, I've been referred, you know, I'll have clients inquiring, uh, like bridal clients inquiring, and they'll say that they were referred by another like photographer. And I'll look up the photographer or I know who they are, but I've never worked with them. And it's truly because they they like my work on Instagram because that's really where they've seen it. And then they've referred me without even really knowing me or talking to me. And so, I mean, even if you're posting for that sake, for other vendors to see you, to remember you, to, you know, refer you. Absolutely. Yes, I couldn't agree more. And I think that there is kind of this like perception in the industry of once you reach a certain level or like pricing tier, clients aren't really looking on Instagram anymore. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, It's like Mm -hmm. all referral based, but, but yeah, like your referrals can come from Instagram relationships. Yeah. So true. And it's great for like maintaining relationships. Maybe you did meet them in person at a workshop or at a Tuesdays together or something like that. Like, but staying in touch and staying front of mind through Instagram is like, probably a better avenue than like email or something. Absolutely. So Anna, you have a really interesting way that you've kind of modeled your business. And I think that um, if anyone listening to this goes and checks out your work, that they will agree that your films just kind of have a different feel to them. And I think that some people may like to learn on in a more um, one-on-one setting. So do you have anything that you can offer to my audience? Yes. I just recently launched my mentorship opportunities and I've spent the past several months developing curriculum and just dreaming up innovative ways to help fellow artists and filmmakers learn and grow within the wedding industry. I am a total open book, and so the learning experience is curated to whatever the needs are. We can chat about things like building systems and workflows within your business, to gear and artistry and storytelling, to marketing and networking. Um, My goal is to take what I've learned in the past 12 years of working in the creative industry to help equip and elevate your business and brand. For more information about my mentorships, please visit my website or send me an email. I'd love to chat with you. Cool. So before we wrap up here, I just want to um, ask if you have any other like last bits of advice or words of wisdom for filmmakers who are listening to this who want to elevate their business and kind of go after more of like the fine art type of clientele that fuels them creatively. I do think it's vital that as a wedding filmmaker, as an artist, um, as a business owner, we are creating work that energizes us and excites us. While I love filming weddings, it can get really tiresome. And as I had mentioned earlier, you know, templated. And because there's a value that we have to bring as business owners of consistency. So of course, like we need to have the same various shots. We need to use the same type of music generally, et cetera, et cetera. Um, so then clients know that what they're going to get from us. However, I feel like if that's our only way of creating, we're going to get burnt out really quickly, creatively burnt out and adding new gear or things to your, your equipment, your, your list can be beneficial in, you know, pushing the boundaries and creating new work. But I honestly think, um, planning a style shoot or planning a shoot with a friend who who's a dancer who's a rapper who is another artist is a yoga instructor whatever just doing something different and out of the box for you is going to heavily fuel 
I think that passion that we all need because the wedding industry is not easy. It's not for the meek and it's not for the weak, honestly. Um, And so you got to sharpen those tools, definitely. I love that. Thank you so much for talking to me today. We (laughs) got so much value from you. Thank you. I want to hear from you, my listeners. What topics do you want to hear about on the podcast? Head on over to my Instagram at the level up co and send me a DM with topics you'd like to hear about. As always, I would love it if you left a review for the podcast, wherever you're listening, that goes a long way in helping more people find the show. And until next time, friends, just keep pushing forward.